0: To First Church Charlotte. All righty, uh, let's uh, let's see one more minute um, to let everybody join. We're getting a good group here. I hope you all have had a, just a lovely week. Uh, I have. I've been having uh, so many good things this week. Just thankful for the goodness of the Lord. I know we all want to live lives of continued uh thanksgiving and so i i hope you're doing that and what that means is we have to remind ourselves of the goodness of god every time we start catching ourselves and feeling a little sorry for ourselves uh because god's done so much for us that the least we can do is be people of praise and worship and can some church folks give me a thumbs up Amen. There we go. Sorry to (laughs) So all right. I'm going to I'm going to get started here. Uh, my subject tonight is uh, dreams we do not understand. Dreams we do not understand. And I want to start by acknowledging that all of us are striving, are striving to live uh, spiritual lives. If you're on this call when you could be doing any number of other things, the only reason why is because you're striving to live a certain kind of spiritual life. And if you've been doing this for a little while, you know, you have to fight for that. Um, It's not always natural and easy. You have to fight to live a spiritual life. And that means that when we are opening our hearts to the leadership of the Lord, sometimes we have clarity in how God is speaking to us. And many times there is there remains a certain mystery of how the Lord is speaking to us and what our next move is. Let me do a real quick uh, survey of the people I can see on the screen. How many of you have had a a troubling dream um, in your past that you, you wondered whether or not it was from God and whether or not there was a message for you? Just raise your hand on your screen there. Uh, that's quite a. I, I, that's that's a good number of people who have had a um, a dream. And the question was, is it spiritual? Is the dream spiritual? Um, and so I'm going to I'm going to share my screen here, so you'll have uh, you'll have access to my notes. Uh, these will also be on the website. But uh, the title is Dreams We Do Not Understand, and we're going to look at this biblically and try to develop a discipline, a type of um, uh, a systematic way of approaching dreams we do not understand. 1 Corinthians 13, verse number 12, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then Shall I know even as also I, know. I am known? Um, um, there is something to be said for the acknowledging that we do not see with. Um, perfect vision, if you'll you'll think about it that way. Uh, There is mystery between the world we live in and the spiritual realm in which God seeks to speak to us. If this was true for the Apostle Paul, I promise you it is very much true for us. Um, We cannot pretend as though we are in some spiritual level of attainment that the Apostles were not in. Uh, when the Lord speaks to you in a dream, there is a natural sense of trying to understand. And if you're anything like me, your first response is to wonder if the Lord is trying to get your get your attention. Um, I want to also, having acknowledged that we will... We are striving to be spiritual and the Lord can speak to us in dreams and in signs and in visions. We want to also acknowledge that there are ditches on both sides of the road. On one side, there is the ditch of the Lord doesn't speak to us that way anymore. On the other side of the ditch is every dream I have is from God. (laughs) You see how there's risks on both sides. Uh, So I want to caution um, us from... Uh, seeking a sign for the sake of a sign. We are not spiritual because we seek a sign. Uh, Lots of people seek a sign. Seeking a sign itself is not an evidence of spirituality. Seeking a sign can be superstition. Um, if you played sports, you know ball players who they have lucky socks, <laughs> and you know they're they're superstitious. That doesn't make them spiritual; it makes them superstitious. Let me give you a scriptural context of this. Uh, Matthew 16: The Pharisees also, with the Sadducees, came and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When is it evening? Ye say Or excuse me, let me phrase that slightly different. When it is evening, ye say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonah, and he left them and departed. So we don't want to be people who we are paralyzed spiritually unless God gives us a sign. Um, I think this is always a sign of someone who is not growing into maturity, but they are growing, if you allow me to say it, in uh, sort of immaturity. <laughs> they are reassuring themselves with some sign that gives them a thrill. Um, We don't choose to serve God on the basis of an emotional experience. Now, God gives us emotional experiences, and they are good. I need them, and you need them. Um, but that is not the formula for your commitment to God, because if it is, what you'll find is the first time you go through a dry spell, you give up on your commitment to God. And we've all uh, been tempted to do that ourselves, and we've all seen people who who did it. Um, and so we are not spiritual because we seek a sign. Um, that in itself is not evidence of spirituality, but it, it can be superstition. However, God does in various times and in sundry manner, <laughs> God speaks to us in signs, in dreams, and in visions. Um, so, It is normal for there to be a sense of confusion when we have a dream that may be spiritual. Um, We should not automatically assume that the dream we had, however distressing or troubling, we should not automatically assume that it was from God, but like we do a false prophet, We should be patient and see if the word comes to pass. That is how we judge prophets. Um, We don't create enemies of them. Uh, We don't attack them. We simply wait to see if the prophecy uh, comes to pass. And even then in the New Testament, if it doesn't, we don't treat them like they did in the Old Testament. Um, in the New Testament, we much more gentler than they were in the Old Testament. Um, and so they deserve grace, too, if a mistake is made, not just us, but them, too. However, uh, the best approach with any troubling dream that you have where you're uncertain is to to have a less see approach to the dream. Uh, The difference can be oftentimes in how we see the sign in our life, a dream or a sign. um, It doesn't change the heart or the nature of God. A dream that you have does not change the word of God. And a dream that you or I have does not change the purpose or the calling of God. And so if I feel like the Lord has given me a spiritual dream, I have to check myself in this regard. If it is from the Lord, it will not be in contradiction to the word of God. If it is from the Lord, it will not be in some way out of the word of the Lord, but there will be a a, a subordination of the dream to the word of God, To the heart of God, to the nature of God, to the purpose and the calling of God. What we want to avoid is the knee-jerk reaction of a superstitious, (laughs) a superstitious—I almost said a superstitious uh, person—and find ourselves more influenced by the emotion we wake up with than we are influenced by the heart of God more influenced by the fear we felt after a night tear than we are influenced by the word of God uh, or the calling of God. There is no dream that I can have that can ever supersede the word of God. All of the things that I have has to, in some way, uh, subordinate themselves to the word of God. This is a great safety in our life. And if we're unwilling to do this, We are we're, we're playing with spirits. Um, everything must be subordinate to the Word of God. Um, there is a real enemy, a spiritual enemy, that would love to steer us off of the path of obedience. And so, everything we feel, everything we experience, every dream, every sign, every vision, must be placed against the Scripture. And if it lines up with the Word of God, it could well be the Lord sending us um, a message, sending us a wake-up call. Not all messages from the Lord are in the words of some clarity of what will come. They're not all prophetic. Sometimes they are as simple as stand strong or um, uh, awake sleeper, you see what I'm saying? Um, God can get our attention. Sometimes with that comes, you know, clarity of purpose, but God can often get our attention with a, a dream. But All those signs in our life must be subordinate to the word of God. The apostle Paul said, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And so we test all things according to the word of God. A dream may be from God, but God does not speak more clearly in a dream than he does in his word. So let me say it this way, and I want all of you to echo this into your own life. The Bible is the gold standard for all things let me say that again the bible is the gold standard for all things so i had a dream recently i'm going to share with you not because i have clarity but because um i think this is a helpful exercise to show how uh we respond to a dream and uh rather than trying to get one of your dreams and then tell it wrong (laughs) i'm just going to give you one of my dreams a few weeks back i had a dream that i was i was in my house um, but I wasn't the only one in my house. There was lots of people in my house, and people had brought things with them and I saw them come in the house and I was fine with it. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't worried. But then I realized someone outside opened up a cooler and out of their cooler they brought uh, they brought um, a, a big uh, lizard uh, like uh size of a, a big dog and they brought it in my house and it was kind of frozen it wasn't moving and then they went back to the cooler and they brought in a large snake a large some type of boa constrictor into my house and they had taken him out of the cooler well, this is the dream i had about uh four weeks ago maybe less but and in this dream um i i immediately am alarmed but there's all these people in my house and I am wanting, I'm wanting to get these cold reptiles out of my house, um, but I'm not wanting to be rude about it. <laughs> and so in the dream, I tell people, uh, I don't want those in my house, but I'm not listened to. And I'm like, will I make a scene or not? I don't want those in my house. Someone else brought a little dog and this little dog uh, was cute little dog. It was like a, it was just like one of those little really cute dogs that's only good for like hugging on cause they're useless otherwise, you know? <laughs> um, they're just a, a, a support dog. <laughs> and this little dog w- was terrified of these, this lizard and the snake. Um, and I knew this lizard and the snake wasn't moving because it was cold, but I also knew it was warm in the house. And I start telling everybody, you've got to get those snakes, out, the snake and the lizard out of here, because they're warming up. They're warming up. They're warming up. They're warming up. And on my, in my living room floor, this big lizard, it's like a Komodo dragon about the size of a dog. It's just sitting there not moving like a, like a it's a stuffed animal because it's cold. And this dog's right in front of it, yapping, 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 yapping. So anyway, they're kind of cut to the, to the point of the dream. I am refusing. I am. I'm not making a scene yet. And then I see the I see the Komodo dragon's head move, and I knew it's warming up. And then one bite, it kills the dog. Um, and then everybody freaks out, and everybody starts trying to catch these animals that are now warmed up and fleeing and threatening. I woke up very troubled um, in my spirit. Now, let me say it this way, applying my own standard to that, I do not automatically assume that is a dream from God. It may be. Does that make sense? But I do not automatically assume that is a dream from God. So I want to talk about now, what do we do? when we have a troubling dream that we do not understand. Job 33 and 14, God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it, in a dream, in a vision of the night. uh, We need to be open to spiritual signs in our life. We need to be open to dreams that the Lord may have for us, but we need to be wise about it because if we are ignorant about it, the dream rather than warning us about potential danger because of our foolishness will hinder us and be a stumbling block in our feet. So here's my first recommendation. When you have a dream you do not understand and you're troubled by. First thing I have you to do is write it down that sounds silly, right? Uh, In Habakkuk chapter number two, God tells the Israelites to write down the revelation and make it plain on the tablets. In Daniel 7, Daniel had a dream and the Bible says he wrote down the dream and he recorded a complete account of the matters. Now, why? Um, First of all, I want to be clear, a dream I have is not on the same level as a dream that the prophet daniel has um, simply because i will never hold myself in the same esteem as someone who was overshadowed by the holy ghost to give us this the holy canon of the scripture to do so would be an arrogance on my part the lord can use me if he wants to but i'll never put myself at the level of one of these men nor should any of us because that's just let's be honest that's just silly Um, and so Uh, However, when I write it down, I can then be thorough and I can check it against the Word of God and I can check it against my life over time. If I don't write it down, I will oftentimes remember the emotion, but I won't remember the dream. And so I write down the dream and I'll make note of the symbols. Like for me, um, uh, whenever you have a a dream of serpents, there's a potential that it is uh, in some way spiritual um, because that is such a strong uh, image in the scripture. So I would wanna note that. Second thing, a house is a very strong scriptural image because it reflects an arena of your... Uh, justice, um, your authority, it is uh, your domain. And so when you have a dream specific to that, it may be speaking to you in terms of a threat against a part of the world. You don't have jurisdiction over everything. In fact, uh, we, we, we miss the right way when we get out of our jurisdiction. But in the arena of your jurisdiction, that image of a symbol of a house, reflects to the area of your jurisdiction it also can uh, be a sign of the enemy trying to threaten people you have care of and so I would make note of this. I would I would write down the dream. I would make note of the signs that were in the dream and the symbols, um, and then I would make sure I was considering those at a higher level than the emotions that I experienced. Um, biblically, God almost never speaks through emotions, biblically, but God almost always speaks through symbols. Let me say that again because it's foundational and all of you need to be spiritually mature. God rarely speaks through emotions, but God almost always speaks through symbols. Usually emotions turn you to your own context and your own distraction rather than giving you scriptural or spiritual clarity. So having made note of the dream, um, having noted the symbols in the dream, Um, I then take a step back from the emotions of the dream. Uh, I want to pay more attention to the symbols, uh, the language, the word, uh, than the emotion. Now, I'm not saying emotion does not have uh, an ability to give you some direction. I believe it does, but it should not overweight the other elements of the mysterious dream. Uh, the second thing is uh, I will then pray through that dream. And for me, that would go like this. And I've already shared the dream with you um, because it's I'm being used as a teaching example. So I would then pray and I would in my time of prayer and ask the Lord, Lord, um, this is the context of the dream. Um, I want to be a good steward of my home. I'm praying through the dream. I want to be a good steward of of the church that you have so honored me to to lead I want to be a good parent to my children I want to be a good husband to my wife Um, if there is a threat against these things I'm asking for your wisdom I don't know what the image of people bringing something into my house was Lord but I'm I'm asking for wisdom in this regard I don't know what you see how I'm praying through the dream I'm praying through the images of the dream. Lord, help me to understand. And then oftentimes I will sit with it. I will sit in the presence of the Lord with the dream. And it has been my personal experience that God will speak to me once I sit with him. Um, it's, that's, that's my personal experience. Um, and so a, a lot of times now, as I've gotten older, I spend more and more prayer time Sitting with the Lord um, and asking questions, and then sitting and reflecting. And uh, I pray through the dream. I'm asking for wisdom. I'm asking for understanding before I decide what the symbols, the symbols mean. So number one was uh, we write it down. Number two, we we pray through the dream, the images, uh, the experience of the dream. Number three. Um, I remember I'm trying to manage the emotion of it, um, because emotion more often than not biblically works against us than it does working for us. And in our personal lives, we all know this to be true. Oftentimes emotions works more against us than it works for us. And so I'm, I'm, I'm taking that down as it were. So like, here is, Up here's the word of God. There's nothing going to get close to that. Below that, I've kind of noted the symbols, the images, the context of the dream. Below that, I consider the emotions. However, let's be honest, emotions are real. And so then I connect those emotions that I experienced in the dream to the scripture. Because the scripture is God's promises to us. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Um, we don't have to beg God to keep his promise. I hope all of you get that. I hope you feel it hit you right here in the chest. We don't beg God to keep his promise. God said that he would be with us. So let's say like me, after I had that dream, I woke up very upset. I woke up fearful. I woke up ready to fight. I woke up mad at myself because how, how would I let someone bring that stuff in my house? I know I wouldn't do it. I know and I wake up mad at myself because I did. I let it in, I let it in. You see what I'm saying? So how do I get these emotions? For me, it was predominantly fear. So I'm going to take those emotions and I'm not gonna let the emotion be the end of the story. I'm gonna let the word of God be the end of the story. I I hope you all get this. Never let your emotions be the end of the story in whatever you're going through. Never let the emotion be the end of the story. You let the word of God be the end of the story. So say I was afraid. I go to the word of God. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Psalms 34 and 4. I don't have to beg God to keep that promise. That's established. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strong, the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I don't have to beg the Lord. God doesn't need a good day to keep his word. It's forever settled. First uh, John 4 and 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Do you see how I'm not ending a troubling dream in the emotion of it? I'm connecting it to the word of God. I'm taking the, 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 the hardest, most painful emotions and I'm connecting them to To the word of God because I want in my life and you need to have in your life we need to make a commitment that it's going to be the word of God that has the last say in our life not whatever emotion or whatever uh that we live it's real emotions are real they do not get the last say for people of faith and if I was at church I'd make you say amen if you do not correct Emotional experience. Now, remember, we're emotional beings. We need emotional experiences. But in terms of fear, in terms of troubling circumstances and dreams, if we do not correct emotion with the word of God, we'll, at, we'll always be at risk of living superstitiously and not biblically. You see, if I let that dream make me fearful, I'm now living superstitiously and not biblically because I've got hundreds of scriptures about not being afraid. Do you see how I could make that error? 365 scriptures tell me to fear not. That's one for every day of the week. So if I let that fear, that's the result of that troubling dream dominate in my heart and life. What has just happened? I'm no longer living biblically. I'm living superstitiously. If I could break, have one thing break through into my heart and you convey into your heart. Um, Emotions are real and God uses emotions and we pour out our emotions as a drink offering unto the Lord. But if we live by emotion, um, uh, we're only as good as the last experience. It's like weather. But when we live by the word of God, we can go through any number of storms and be founded upon the rock. All right. Number four. Lastly, the troubling dream that you did not understand. Make an offering of it to the Lord. I do this myself, I don't know if you guys do this, but I'd I'd like to encourage you to try this, okay? Uh, And that is this. Um, If there's something that's really, really heavy, if it's a fear, a pain, something that's really, really heavy in you. I want you to imagine you are in a wilderness and you are uh, one of the elders of the faith. I want you to imagine that you choose to build an altar. And I, I do this, I, I build that altar, I pick up the stones, I put I put the stones together, I, 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 I build an altar. And then I take whatever's troubling me and I treat it like a sacrifice. This is my fear, oh God. I'm afraid, I'm worried, I'm troubled, I'm hurting. And I take that fear, that emotion, and I imagine that altar right there. And I, and this is just me, you probably aren't this dramatic, but I offer that unto the Lord. I lay that pain, that hurt, that loss, I lay it on that altar. And then I worship. And then, Every time it tries to come back on me, I've already built the altar. I've already settled the scene in my mind. I've already built that altar. I take it right back to the altar, I lay it down and I slay it on that altar and I worship. I slay it on that altar, and I worship. I will make an offering of any troubling experience, any mysterious dream, any fearful uh, attack, anything. I will make an offering of it to the Lord. <clears throat> I do not trust in my interpretation of dreams. I sometimes get an interpretation of dreams, but I don't trust in that. My trust is in the Lord, do you see? It's like the di- some people love church but don't love God. <laughs> you see, we can't miss it. I want interpretation of dreams, but I'm not, my trust is not in my ability to interpret a dream. My trust is in the Lord. The dream isn't a trick, it isn't a taunt. God isn't mocking me. I build an offering altar, I surrender that dream to the Lord, and then I stand in the commandments of Scripture. I strive to be strong, I strive to be vigilant, and I strive to live. Biblically. First Corinthians fourteen to thirty-three. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Proverbs three and five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean to your own understanding. Luke twenty-four, thirty-eight. And he said unto them, why are ye troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? How about Isaiah 49 and 14? But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraven you on the palms of my hands and your walls are ever before me. Do you see what I'm trying to get you to? Do you see? I may get an interpretation to the dream, but in the meantime, God's on the throne. I may understand the threat that comes against some arena of my spiritual jurisdiction. I may handle it right. I may look back and feel like I made some mistakes. I've done both. One is more fun than the other, just so you know. But (laughs) I want you to know God's still on the throne. And even if I do uh, err, he's with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He's with me in the valley of the shadow of death. Isaiah 41 and 10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your Lord. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And finally, Second Corinthians 1 and 10. He delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So that is your notes. And so I am going to those will be on the, uh, website. Um, if you want to, uh, download a copy of them for your own study, I do try to resource you as, as good as I can. Um, I have, I see they have a th- uh, three raised hands and, um, I don't know if that was perhaps an accident. So I'm just going to go through it real think quick. that was left Roll, over from earlier. Raised or did you click the button by accident? I think that was from earlier when, okay. uh, you ask people to raise their hands. All right, Let remember, um, if you want to speak, you have to hit the bottom left button that looks like a microphone, and that will unmute your mic. Um, Beverly, have you? Uh, do you have a, a question you would like to, to ask? I was just raising my hand earlier when you said if we had experienced something troubling. I didn't have a question. Okay, all right, it sounds good. All right, so um, going down, you all have some time right now. Um, to if you have a specific uh, question, um, we have a good amount of time uh, where you could ask and perhaps address. Um, uh, Pastor Anthony has a a good question here for us uh, to speak talk about the difference between dreams and visions. So um, the easy answer there's an easy answer and a not so easy answer to that. The easy answer is uh, waking or asleep. Uh, dreams are asleep and visions are waking. Um, that is the most common, that's the easy, easiest. However, I, I wanna be honest with you, I have had dreams that felt like visions. Um, and that that's the truth. Uh, I, I dream a lot. Any nights I get more than six hours sleep, I tend to have dreams. The vast majority of them are just my mind wandering, which is great fun if you have time to do it. Um, occasionally there'll be something that I feel like is spiritual. Um, I am not quick to rush to that. Um, I kind of try to go through that process that I, I gave earlier. Um, I have had, I have had dreams that were so vivid and so immediate that they did not feel like the wandering of my mind. They felt like that the spirit had reached down and grabbed me by the nap of my neck and moved me from, <laughs> Uh, fresco to fresco from scene to scene. And the difference for me is almost having a sense of being propelled through the dream. When I'm in a dream and it feels like I'm being propelled in the dream, uh, that oftentimes feels it has the qualifications of a vision. Um, the, The thing for me is just Uh, not to try to make a serious distinction between the Lord can speak to me by many or by few. (laughs) He can speak to me by dream. He can speak to me by audible voice. He can speak to me by the word of God, which he does every day. Um, And so that is, that is how I would answer, answer that question. If you had a specific follow on to that, feel free to throw it in there. Um, Beverly mentioned, um, it seems like the Lord used dreams a lot in the old Testament. Uh, perhaps they did not have the written word as we do. That is correct. There is more, um, uh, more dreams shown in the Old Testament in a much ro- wider diversity of, how shall we say, um, context, uh, personality, time. Uh, however, there is in the New Testament clear precedent uh, in a, a couple different places where people have. Have dreams, and the Lord can speak to us, speak to us in dreams. However, as I said earlier, there is no dream, there is no vision, there is no prophecy, there is no tongue or explanation of tongue that can rise above uh, the Word of God. The Word of God is the gold standard of everything else. However, uh, what a dream can do is a dream can give you a specificity. It can give you a detail in your specific life that perhaps you would not have received just applying... A scripture, um, the scripture will often give you a general um, direction and a general way of being, and if you follow that, um, you will find that the Lord gives you an additional uh, insight. Um, I, I, I want to say this: if you, if any of us, including myself, are not walking fully in the light we have, there is no heavenly obligation to give us any more insight, any more direction, any more vision. Um, If we are not walking in what we know to do, um, why would the Lord tell us about stair number 11 when we aren't even on stair number seven? Um, uh, In my experience as a pastor and in my own personal growth, um, our, Most of the challenge and spiritual unction is in your next spiritual step. Because if you do not take that, you will not be ready. You will not be ready for um, the battle. The battle is not on the horizon. The battle is right here in your life. Um, One of the things we need to learn how to do is when we're talking to other people who are not, uh, they're not living right and they have a dream it is my it's my personal experience, and I don't often offer this as a canon. This is just my personal experience. When someone who is not living right has a dream, it's usually a, a convicting warning for them to turn their heart in the direction they need to turn it in. Um, I. I believe that that is the most common thing. And so when people who aren't living right, they give me uh, a troubling dream, um, I almost always, whether or not before I worry about the, the, the interpretation, before I worry about any of that, I want to be a voice that says amen to the voice of God, which goes like this. You know, the Lord may be trying to get your attention. Are, 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 will you respond to God? Do you see um, how I'm using that as a challenge uh, to them? Um, but God may be trying to stir you. Can, can would you respond to that? Um, people are oftentimes very open after they've had a dream, and they will let you pray for them in a way that they would not have um, without that uh, instability uh, in their security. Their self-referencing, self-fulfilling security. Something comes along and shakes that. So um, let me let me talk this about this because I think I think uh, it could be helpful. Uh, Some people I've talked to uh, want to have more spiritual experiences in their life. As a young man, I wanted very very much to have spiritual dreams. I asked for them. I prayed for them. Um, And I did not start having them until I stopped asking. (laughs) Maybe I'm not as spiritual as you guys, I don't know. But I I did not start having spiritual dreams until I stopped asking. And later in life, I realized it's because the motivation was wrong. I wanted them. Because to me, they were a type of designer label. I wanted to tell people about the dream I had had. I wanted to be super spiritual. I wanted to be the prophet. I want to, and and, and that would have harmed me because I would have taken the gift of God and it would have turned into vanity. I'm spiritual. I have visions. I have dreams. I see angels. Uh, And then once I stopped that, uh, I actually started having warnings and spiritual dreams spiritual dreams in my life. Um, The most common spiritual dream I have um, is, uh, I feel like is a call to intercession for somebody. That is the most common dream that I have. And I would ask all of you praying people to open your spirit to the God prompted burden. There's a very easy way to do that. Before you go to sleep at night, when you close your eyes on that pillow, you say, Lord, I am your vessel. And if there's someone you need me to be praying for and I am blind to them, will you speak into my spirit while I'm slumbering? If you will do that, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, if you will pray that prayer, and you are a prayer praying person, you will have in your dreams, faces that come to you that you can pray for in an intercessory manner uh, and make a difference in that life. Uh, Cameron had a question, uh, what could deja vu moments mean spiritually, like dreaming about a certain place, et cetera, and then it happened in reality in the future exactly as it was dreamt? Um, okay, I, um, I, I'm not close to that i'm not i'm not close i don't i wouldn't close the door to that i would only say um because there's no scriptural precedent of that i i, I did not die for your sins I, I can't make up a word for you I, I have to honor the word of god and i have to stand in the word of god and the moment i stop doing that you need to you need to you need to worry, um, and if it, does that make sense? So that means I am always going to place a preeminence upon the Word of God, and there is no um, scriptural precedent, example for us in the Bible of a type of déjà vu spiritual uh, context. However, with that said, let me say this: all of us are very unique. All of us have different. Wirings of mind. We are all of us unique in the hands of the Lord. And so when you have anything, whether it's deja vu, you should treat it the same way you would treat any other spiritual experience with patience to test and see if the spirit is in it. The same way you would treat a prophecy. You don't automatically decide a prophecy is true you judge it, you test the spirits. And so uh, that's something that if there was something in me, so, so let me tell you what I have along that line, that I have a lot of misjudgment, let's wrong word, I have a lot of hesitation with, Um, I feel like I am more sensitive than the average bear to body language. I do. Um, I I for whatever reason, the way I'm wired, I feel like I am more sensitive than the average pooh bear to body language. And during the service, I sometimes feel as though the Lord has given me insight through body language. But here's the weirdness. I don't have any precedent for that in the scripture. I don't. So I, I'm not gonna start a new doctrine of it, but I'm saying it to acknowledge this. Every single time I feel something like that, every single time, I always take a step back from it and I test the spirits and I say, Lord, I don't know if you're trying to to, to say something to me about this, but I'm, I'm open to whatever you would say. Just confirm it with your word. Confirm it with your spirit. Confirm it. And I have found every single time the Lord is speaking to me, there is another confirmation. So I want to leave, Cameron, I want to leave some openness for the fact that um all of us experience life differently we all have a different web of neurons in our brain and whatnot and god uses the spirit of the lord sits upon that like a throne god sits upon your gifts your personality your consciousness your conscience um, he sits upon that like a throne and he uses it and he uh, you know so i hope that helps um Um, And if I received anything like that, I would always ask God for confirmation. But remember we're asking God for confirmation to everywhere. We do have precedent for dreams. We're still asking God for confirmation. We're still praying it through. We're still noting the, the, the signs of it. We're still uh, 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 subjecting the emotions to the word of God. Do you see, we're still being biblical, not superstitious. Um, and so hopefully that, that answered any of your questions. Now let me real quickly tell you a few things um, that are wrong. Uh, When a dream destroys your faith, you're handling the dream wrong. Um, When a dream destroys your faith. If you have a fear and then you have a dream that exacerbates, explodes that fear and you find yourself living in fear, that's more likely to be an oppression upon you than it is to be a word from the Lord. Um, so if you know someone who is being oppressed by a dream, um, that that's a somewhat different circumstance um, than seeking um, wisdom through the symbol the Lord has the Lord has given you. Um, so that's one thing I wanted to say. any last questions from anybody? Alrighty. We're coming up on 45 minutes. Um, I, does any, anybody have anything, uh, they wanted to, they wanted to, uh, 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 put into the chat room before we check off here? I'll give you a minute more. Um, this Sunday, uh, regular schedule at the church. Uh, we're excited about having a great day. The Lord has been with us, uh, a lot of good things are happening in our church. Um, there's a lot of spiritual uh, uh, doors that seem to be opening uh, for us to, with with people who are first generation apostolics. Um, I feel like the, 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 that we have we've really been having uh, good. Um, opportunity uh, influencing first generation uh, apostolics. In this area, that primarily means that they are Baptist background, they are Presbyterian background. Char- Charlotte is the most churched metro city in the nation. We have the most churches than any other metro city uh, in the nation. Um, and that's so our biggest harvest field is people um, who have a background. Our biggest, you, you understand what I'm saying? And so we have to be very sensitive. If you ever feel like I'm coming on too uh, soft from the pulpit, you guys should know that our biggest harvest field is the denominational Christian. And I'm doing it intentionally um, because you're going to get to go home, but me and, Pastor Melix and Pastor Don, we're going to be sitting with these people and talking to them. And so always let, always trust your your pastor's heart. If you can't trust my heart, find you a pastor whose heart you can trust and give us some room to work with people um, because that's our greatest harvest field is uh, people who are, they're not first-generation Christians because of the, this area we're in, we're in the Bible Belt, but they are first-generation apostolics and we have to be wise in leading them to faith. So, all right, that's, that's enough for, for tonight. Um, uh, yeah, I think somebody had their hand raised. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Joyce did, but she left, she clicked out. I think she may have hit the wrong button. Joyce. Okay. Anderson. Oh, this is a Joyce Anderson. I don't see her. I I thought she was there. I show she's still in the room. Okay. Uh, Alrighty, um, well, uh, I guess that's gonna be that's gonna be it for us. I'm gonna pray over you, and uh, then we're gonna we're gonna. Uh let go our different ways and have a great week in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for the signs that you give us. We thank you for the dreams with which you speak. Lord, I am praying today that there would be a maturity in every one of our hearts. I'm praying today that there would be a, a willingness to learn, uh, a, an authority over fear and doubt and questions. And Lord Jesus, let us as your people, be spiritual enough to hear the directed word of God and founded enough to be strong in the given word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I love you all. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your time. Um, If you guys are liking the format, let me know. My job is to serve you, um, not to do what I prefer. Um, If you like this format, we will continue in this format. Um, If you don't, if you like the other format, my job is to serve you. We love you. God bless you. Have a great week thank you good night good night good night god bless you guys thank you for listening to first church charlotte if this podcast has blessed you please rate it with four or five stars by doing so you'll help others find our free podcast We'll be